1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We're so glad that you listen every week. We are the most listened to radio station on the weekend on WBSM. We're happy to have you with us this morning. I want to start off this morning with a quick quotation from a lady named Mary Church Terrell. Whenever I present the justice of women suffrage, I always feel like blushing for shame. So as we are broadcasting on this particular Sunday morning, every woman listening should think of with pride of the fact that it's been exactly 100 years this coming week that women have had the right to vote in this country. And ladies, especially listening, if you don't understand the importance of voting and how many people suffered and died and fought for years and years, um, you ought to learn a little bit about history. We're going to tell you a little bit about that this morning. But most importantly, get out and vote. The statistics on voting are horrible in this country. Uh, I just read very recently, for example, that in the midterm elections in 2018, only 50% of those people eligible to vote in the country even bothered to get out and vote. So if you want to ever complain about government, don't complain about government or who's in office unless you've exercised your right to vote. And first thing I'd like to do is to introduce my favorite, my absolute favorite woman female voter attorney, Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, everyone. You know, Tenny, if you're like me, I not only feel like it's a privilege to vote, but I don't care whether it's a local municipal election or a special election. I make every effort to get to every single election that I'm eligible to vote for. And I don't think I've missed any, or very few if I have, but I really think that the right to vote is such an important thing. So here's something really very interesting that I want to share with everyone and you, Tenny. The 15th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States was ratified in 1870. And what that said is the rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. So the 15th Amendment in 1870, it was finally approved, specifically gave black men the right to vote. Didn't say anything about women. And it took 50 more years. It wasn't until from 1870 to 1920. Only in 1920 did women have the right to vote in this country. And that gives me goosebumps every time I think about that, Tenny. I just think it's, it's a horrible part of our history. So if we think that people were discriminated against because they're minorities and, and, and so forth, I think the most discriminated against group in this country has been the female population more than anything else. Well, and now we have a new vice presidential candidate. Um, that's only the second time that I am aware of that a woman has been nominated or appointed or however we say it at this point in the election process nominated yep. to the uh, position of vice president. Um, and this is, of course, the first black woman, uh, which is even more amazing. And that's Senator Kamala Harris. Kamala, yeah, Harris. Kamala, I pronounce it a little differently. So the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified and finally uh, certified as, on August 18, 1920. That's 100 years this week. And that says the rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. So 50 years after men of any race or any color had the right to vote, 50 years later it took before women had the right to vote in this country. And over that 50-year period, 
There were three other amendments to the Constitution, four others, I guess, because this is number 19, and number 15 was the one in in 1870. So there were issues important enough for this country to have constitutional amendments, but not including the right of women to vote. It's amazing. So in case I misspoke, I want to say something that's also very clear. Women were not given the right to vote. Women fought for about 60 years to earn the right to vote in this country, including jail sentences and death and massive demonstrations. And boy, what an effort they put in. Women, I think, are the stronger of the species anyways in general. But uh, if you're a woman, be proud that you have the right to vote. Um, Be a little bit embarrassed, whether you're male or female, that it took such a long time for women to have the right to vote in this country. And And be a little embarrassed if you didn't vote in the last uh, midterm, and hopefully you're going to vote now in the presidential election in November. I remember vividly, politics has always been of interest to me, and I've always strongly felt my obligation to vote. Uh, and my right I was so proud of. So the only time that I know of in my life that I did not vote in any election, whether it was local, town, or whatever, was for Michael Dukakis's second gubernatorial election. He ran after I was already working for him. And we were very busy on election day. We were out um, trying to help get out the vote and all that sort of thing. And I totally forgot to vote. And, of course, he lost. And (laughs) I will always remember that I felt so guilty for not voting that day. And he lost. (laughs) Well, Jesse Jackson once said, when they wrote the Constitution, only white male landowners had the right to vote. You know, we, we take this kind of a thing for granted all the time. We take democracy for granted. We We live in a free country, and we think it's always been like this, but it hasn't always been like this. And um, celebrate two very important things. Um, One is freedom of religion, and the other is the freedom to express yourself, and especially express yourself by voting. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the suffrage movement. Suffrage means uh, the women's very long-term activity to try to gain the right to vote and uh, the freedom of religion and and the right to vote are the two most important freedoms I think we have in this country. If you don't exercise it, don't complain. That's the problem. So um, there's a gentleman named Eric Schneiderman who once said, exercising the right to vote is essential to our democracy. And Lenny Kravitz, who's a famous figure, said, it's very important to vote. People died for this right. So... Be proud of the fact that you're an American. Be proud of the fact that you have the right to vote and take the time to to vote. So the women's suffragette movement, I want to give uh, kudos to the New Bedford Standard Times for uh, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was on August 9th, uh, 2020. Uh, They published a whole insert. um, It was probably published around the country, too. And it was called Heroes of Suffrage, Women of the Century, 100 Years and pursuit of the vote. I'm sure you could probably get that reproduced if you want it, but what a lot of infer- interesting information in here. So there's a woman named Mary Church Terrell, who was one of the earlier um, women fighting for the right to vote. And she also once said, why is it unjust to withhold from one half of the human race rights and privileges which are freely accorded to the other half? which is neither more deserving nor more capable of exercising them, seems almost like an insult to those whom one speaks. It certainly seems like a reflection upon the intelligence of those to whom such reasons are presented. You know, it's uh, thank goodness we had such uh, strong pioneers in the suffragette movement, Tenny, who fought and demonstrated and Um, wrote petitions and went to jail and everything else to demand the right to vote. And all of it began sometime around 1840, um, which is amazing that it took from that time until 1920 
to actually have women gain the right to vote. All kinds of activities went on in that almost 100-year period. Um, Women really fought for it. Um, We saw this program. I don't remember whether it was PBS or um, CNN that had the women's suffrage program on. It was very interesting. It was wonderful. It really was very thorough. So for those who are still struggling for the right to vote and and who want to demonstrate and make sure that everybody gets registered and everybody has a chance to vote, you know, God bless all of you because you still have to work and you still have to make sure that we preserve the right to vote. One of the early pioneers uh, in the women's suffragette suffrage movement was Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And um, she once said... We have met here today to discuss our rights and wrongs, civil and political, and not, as some have supposed, to go into the detail of social life alone. But it was thought that women were inferior. Women weren't as smart as men. Women couldn't make proper decisions. A woman's place was in the home. Do you think we still have any of that today, Tenny? Oh, yes. (laughs) I know you've experienced things um, also over your lifetime. Absolutely. uh, Something of of discrimination against women. Absolutely. Um, Interesting that in 1850, the first national women's rights convention was convened in Worcester, Massachusetts, right here in our state. Yep, it was. Frederick Douglass spoke um, and several other uh, ladies, including Sojourner Truth. Um, So... We in Massachusetts ought to be exceptionally proud of our right, all you women out there. So we're going to talk today about um, important retirement issues for women and important financial issues for women. Why do women still lag behind men in retirement savings and things of that nature? We want to relate it a little bit to the business that we do ourselves. But um, I'm proud of the fact that we've reached 100 years I'm embarrassed by the fact that it took such a long, long, long time uh, for women to get the right to vote. So cherish that right, ladies, and make sure you register and make sure you get out to vote. You know, this, Tenny, there's a few really interesting statistics and uh, pieces of information as we were preparing for the show that I think are worth mentioning. So it wasn't until uh, May of, tw- of uh, 1919 that the House of Representatives passed this amendment to vote, and two weeks later, the United States Senate followed. This was in 1919. So when the Senate passed the vote, uh, the amendment for the right to vote, it passed in the Senate by exactly two votes. What I mean, how ridiculous is this? Yep. It, it's, it's terrible. Yep. And then, so the process is after the House of Representatives and the Senate pass this, then the uh, amendment to the Constitution has to be approved by three-quarters of the states. And that happened when Tennessee became the 36th state to ratify the amendment, and that took place on August 18, 1920. And then the Secretary of State at the time, a gentleman named Bainbridge Colby, certified the ratification on August 26. 1920, and that has changed the face of the voting electorate in this country forever. So please vote. We'll try not to say it too many times, but do everything you can to vote. Well, there are both primary and national elections coming up, folks. Uh, The primary is September something. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact date. And uh, November 3rd is the presidential election. Uh, Don't forget those dates. It's going to be very interesting. Most of you probably now have received in the mail your um, uh, notice about being able to vote by mail. Uh, So if you haven't filled that out and sent it back, please do that immediately. If you've lost it, call the town clerk or city clerk of your community and ask for another one. We'll all be able to vote by mail this year, which is terrific in the midst of this virus pandemic. Yep. And by the way, um, 
At the time that most of the movements were underway to try to gain the right to vote for women, uh, there wasn't any real endorsement by any national party. The Republicans uh, nor the Democrats, neither of them endorsed it. It wasn't until 1912 when Teddy Roosevelt, who had left office, started a new party called the Bull Moose Party, and that was the first national party to endorse the amendment for women's rights to vote. So really a long, long, complicated history, about a 60-year effort, about a 60-year movement. So you think it's worthwhile that people did that? Yes. Um, I have to tell you something that I enjoyed attending. Joseph Conrad is one of my favorite authors, and he once said, being a woman is a terribly difficult task since it consists principally in dealing with men. <laughs> You like that one, Tenny? Does that does that ring true for you at all? <laughs> Pretty true, yes. You are a difficult sex. Oh, I'm glad you generalized on that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going for a minute. Well, let's talk about some uh, issues relating to uh, women and women's equality. So women have the right to vote, and we're not supposed to have any further discrimination in this country by the various congressional or constitutional amendments, I should say, everything from the 15th to the 19th amendments. Um, but there still is a lot of disparity in what women earn, and um, it's, it's something that still is going to take a long time to address. There's still a lot of discrimination in the country. A lot of it's bred from ignorance. So I know, Tenny, you belong to something called the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, and you have a lot of uh, handouts. And if somebody is interested in one of these uh, publications, you can just give Tenny's office a call at 508-998-8800. And one that I found very interesting was five things every woman should know about estate planning. And... For example, if you have young children, you need a will. Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're male, whether you're female, um, if you don't have a will and you have children, then they could be left in a very difficult position. Because in the will, you can name guardians, for example, right? Right. And guardians are the people who will raise your child. So what more important task do you have than to be certain that you... Um, identify and appoint somebody to be the guardian. And um, <clears throat> the other thing that the will does is it makes sure that you leave your assets to who you want to leave them to. But a power of attorney is just as important, isn't it? It's a very powerful document so that if you become incapacitated and you can't act for yourself, then you've got a document that you name somebody who can act for you. Yes, the alternative to that is having to go to probate court and have someone appointed as a conservator or a conservator, um, somebody who would have the authority by virtue of the court to pay your bills or file your income tax return or whatever is necessary. And you can avoid all that, and you can be sure of the person that gets named if you would uh, execute something called a durable power of attorney for property. It still amazes me how many people don't have basic documents in place. Here's a quotation from a gentleman named John Mason Brown. America is a land where men govern, but women rule. What do you think about that one? I, I don't like that. Okay. Um, I, I think it ought to be... Um, equal for ruling and governing. Not that it has been, but no, mm. I don't like that. All right. Um, well, then how about Judith Light? I think it, it gives a bad connotation to women also about being so fierce. See, this is what happens when you get the right to vote. You become very <laughs> outspoken. Hmm. We'll have to think about that one. Well, Judith Light once said, women don't realize how powerful they are. Well... All of us are powerful. All we have to do is set our mind to it. Oh, uh, you're being too nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you talk about women doing estate planning, I would venture to say that when I do retirement planning for folks and I see people talking about retirement assets, 
I would say that probably 60 to 70% of the decision makers when it comes to finances are women. And maybe you find the same thing on the estate planning side. What drives a couple to come in and do their estate planning? Is it usually the woman or is it usually the man? Well, I'll always remember a couple um, who came in and she had been asking and asking and asking that uh, they see an attorney and get their estate plan done. In fact, she requested that as her birthday present. And her husband finally agreed, and she came in and was so relieved when they got those documents done. I remember you telling me that story, and uh, that's true. That was her birthday present. She said, the only thing I want for my birthday is I want to sit down and get our estate planning done. And we did some financial things as well for them. But We're pretty nice people in here. If you want to come and talk to us, we're not going to bite your head off. Well, <laughs> I never met a woman I didn't like. I forgot who said I'm that. S- sorry? <laughs> I forgot who, who said that. I don't remember. That wasn't me that said that. There was a quotation. I just can't remember who, who wrote that one. Okay. <laughs> Can I come home tonight? <laughs> so what other documents should somebody have? If women are leading the charge to come in and get their estate planning documents in order, you talked about a will and you talked about a power of attorney. What are some of the other things they should have? Absolutely. You should have a health care power of attorney. Um, People get confused because they hear the word power of attorney and they think it's only for one thing. There are two different kinds. One is for your property and one is for somebody to take care of your body if you aren't able to do that. So come and see us and we will uh, help you to understand all of these various documents. You know, a a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the famous physicist Stephen Hawking and um, what a wonderful brain, uh, a brilliant man, um, even though he was paralyzed in a wheelchair. Yeah, I remember having that discussion about him, Tony? Yes. So he also wrote a book called A Brief History of Time, and it's all about um, space and time, and a very interesting little book. But he also wrote, women, they are a complete mystery. <laughs> so here's a man who studied the secrets of the universe in time and space, <laughs> but he thought women were a complete mystery. <laughs> I wonder what women think um, of most men. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that, when I read this, I thought, you know, he's, he's even smarter than I thought. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, a lot of famous uh, writers over the years. Alfred Lord Tennyson, did you ever hear that name? He was a famous English poet. Yes. He said, men at most differ as heaven and earth, but women worse than best as heaven and hell. So I'm not sure how to take that Say that again. Read that again. (laughs) Men at most differ as heaven and earth, but women worse than best as heaven and hell. Isn't that awful? I thought I liked him. (laughs) Well, maybe I've changed your mind about that. Um, all right. Do you like Robin Williams? I have to give you one more because I like this one. Yes. Robin Williams was phenomenal. He once said, "If I have to, I have to, I have to take a pause before I can read this one. <laughs> if women ran the world, we wouldn't have wars, just intense negotiations every twenty-eight days." <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about something funny man. serious and substantive here, so we can get on with this before I crack myself up too much. (laughs) Uh, Brody's sitting opposite the table here, shaking his head at me. (laughs) Well, as we celebrate the right to vote, the centennial anniversary of 100 years of women having the right to vote in this country, uh, let's talk about important retirement issues for women. First of all, are there any other documents that you want to mention that everybody should have, including women. Uh, We talked about the health care proxy, or did you? Yes, we talked about the fact that everyone should have a will, a durable power of attorney for property, and a durable power of attorney for health, sometimes called a health proxy. So if you don't have those documents, please come and see us. But sometimes if you have, you know, reasonable assets, a few hundred thousand dollars or more, then 
I would imagine you're recommending people consider doing trust or if they have real estate or if they want to protect assets from a nursing home, there's different kinds of trust. So sometimes you would do more than just a will and a power of attorney. You might actually recommend doing a trust. Well, yes. Estate planning can get pretty complicated, and it all depends upon your goals, your needs, your assets, and so forth. But we can get into all of those idiosyncratic things if you wanted to come in and talk. And I know sometimes as people get older, it becomes a concern for them to be thinking about, what if I go to a nursing home? Am I going to lose all my assets? I was hoping to leave some of my property to children, for example. And then you might be talking about doing an irrevocable trust. Perhaps Medicaid planning is pretty complicated. It's more complicated Um, than just a couple of quick sentences, isn't it? It definitely is. Um, So... Those are the primary documents, but what you like to do, or what is your process? You want to meet with people, you want to have them come in with information about their assets and what they own and all that sort of thing, right? Yes. If you're a couple, we like to have you come in together because you have probably are holding assets jointly. So we ask people to come in together if they're a couple. We ask them to complete a client intake form so that we can get to know you. We want to have a sense of your family, where you hold your assets, whether you own a house or your rent. All those kinds of things are important in estate planning. So we begin with that client intake form. And then talk about your goals, your needs, your uh, family circumstances, all of those sorts of things. Okay. And um, are you meeting people sometimes on the telephone or on a Zoom conference, or are you meeting them in person, or how is that being done? Well, right now we have basically three ways of meeting people, as you said. Zoom conferencing seems to have been reduced in popularity over the last month or two. Back at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, Zoom was was very popular, but most people now would rather either have a telephone conference or a conference in our office, and we are exceedingly careful about how we do that. We only uh, schedule one client at a time. We sit at least six feet, more like eight feet away from each other. We require masks. And temperature checks. And temperature checks and Uh, We have a plexiglass barrier between us, and we wipe everything down and sanitize it after everybody has left. So we're we're very careful, very cautious. So it's a safe place to come. And the starting point is just making a call to give uh, Tenny or Attorney Mike Coleman a call, schedule a time to come in for a review, or if you want to start with a phone conference first, that's also a good way to begin. And give them a call at 508-998-8800. You know, I've always tried to figure out over the years, I wonder why people put off so long doing estate planning. They wait until somebody in the family dies and they say, oh, gosh, maybe I better get my own estate plan done. Right. Um, I was just looking at a a document that talks about... uh, what do women think about estate planning and what are the myths? And one of the myths, I'm not old enough to worry about it yet. Mm -hmm. If you are an adult, and particularly if you have children, you are old enough to do estate planning. What if you're a child who's just graduated from college? What if you're, you know, five years into the workforce and you're single and, um, You don't have children, you don't have a spouse, but you've got parents, and maybe you've acquired some assets. And what if you do all your banking online, and what if you keep all of your passwords for your bank accounts, your um, online accounts, all those other things, very secretive? What happens? I assume you've seen that situation before. Yes, we have, and it's so difficult. It leaves parents or your close relatives really in a lurch. Yeah, but, you know, even a young person who has a job, a car, student debt, anything of that nature, um, they they need to do even basic wills and simple documents, don't they? 
Yes, as I said, that you're never too young, you're never too old. Uh, another myth that uh, seems to be out there is that people think that their estate isn't big enough to worry about um, planning and taxes and all that sort of thing. Well, the average age of a woman to be a widow is 56. That's a pretty frightening statistic when you think about it. Yep. And that isn't that old. But, you know, something just occurred to me, Tenny, and I think it's worth mentioning real quickly. Let's say you're a student, you graduated from college, and you accumulated $80,000 worth of student loans that have to get repaid. And guess what? Maybe in order to get those student loans, you had to have parents co-sign the loans for you. Then you have a car accident and dies. Guess who gets to pay the student loans? Yep. Parents. Yep. So here's something you could do. If you want to be responsible and you're in that situation, take out a very inexpensive term life insurance policy. You know, a 25-year-old doing a $100,000 life insurance policy is probably going to pay $20, $25 a month for the policy. And that's and they could name their parents as their beneficiaries. And then if something does happen to that child, gosh, the student loans are going to get paid off. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Or... What if you're younger and you have children? For gosh sakes, the minute you have a child, if you haven't done any kind of an estate plan, um, shame on you. Your kids are in jeopardy if something happens to you. And life insurance. And life insurance, absolutely. We've done a lot of life insurance policies over the years for people, and um, I remember one case in particular was on the vineyard. I think I've probably told this story before. And I had a gentleman who was doing very well in the real estate market. He was buying properties, fixing them up, reselling them for a profit. And at that time, he had a half a dozen or more properties that he owned, was in the process of fixing and selling. He was doing quite well. But those assets were illiquid. He didn't have a lot of cash assets. He took out a million-dollar term policy with us. It was peanuts. It was inexpensive. Named his wife as the beneficiary. And I hadn't seen him for a couple of years, but Four or five years after that happened was one of the major real estate crunches. And he's, his property either lost value or he lost a lot of value. And right after that, he died. And he no longer had these expensive real estate properties. The only major asset he had was the million-dollar life policy. And his wife came off island, came to our office, and she was so grateful that he had taken out that policy. Because he, he wasn't ill. Um, when you no. when he got that policy, obviously, no. or he wouldn't have been able to get it. But he became ill suddenly and died suddenly. And my goodness, what a saving grace for his wife and his family. So sometimes even if you think you're doing well and you're building assets and so forth, things can change. Look what's happened to our economy in just this year. It's nuts. And people have lost a lot of value, and maybe they'll regain it, and maybe they won't. What happens if you die in the meantime in the middle of a down market um, and you no longer have the value that you thought you had? Life insurance is a great way to protect against that. Um, what about the myth of joint tenancy? Sometimes I've heard people say that, gosh, if I have everything in joint names, I don't have to worry about doing estate planning documents. That's not really true because it doesn't take care of guardianships. It doesn't take care of children. What if you have a common accident and you die together? Or you're, one of you is incapacitated and the other one is deceased. Um, that doesn't really help if you're not able to take over the assets and manage them. So, yeah, that's, that's certainly a myth. So women and ladies, if your significant other or spouse has been dilly-dallying and has refused to get out and do estate planning, Make the visit with Tenny yourself and find out what it's all about. Try not to give up the birthday present like this other lady did, <laughs> but, but come and see us. Well, that's a tough way to do it. Now, I know you also have some other publications that people can get if they want. Uh, three myths women have about estate planning. We've talked about some of those things, so we don't need to keep going there. But you can also get a lot of information through the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys about estate planning tips for women? What do you do about grandchildren? Do you see people periodically who say, well, I've got three kids, 
and I'd like to treat them equally, but I want to leave something for my grandchildren. Do you ever see that situation? People are very um, uh, diverse in how they feel about that. Some people want to be sure that their grandchildren remember them and they want a specific amount to go to the grandchildren. And other people say, well, my children will provide for their own children. So, yeah, there's, there's quite a split on what people want. But it doesn't always work that way, does it? No. So why is it that women lag behind men in retirement savings, for example? Um, for one thing, women bear children. I'd hate to think what would happen if men had to bear children. I don't think they could stand it, could they? Men can't handle pain the way women can handle pain. Would you think that's true, Tenny? I, I really don't know whether that's true. I know I have a pretty high threshold for pain, so I don't know. But women end up being the main um, child-rearing parent, don't they? Well, they tend to give the most time, yes. I remember I rarely saw my dad. He was he was a great guy. He was well-educated, but he ran his own business. And so he was gone by the time I got up in the morning. And by the time uh, it was supper, he sometimes wasn't even there for supper, to say nothing about the evening. Mm -hmm. um, so my mother was absolutely the rearer, the caregiver, all those sorts of things, the and teacher. I think historically women have tended to be more of the homemaker. They not only take care of children, but they take care of elderly uh, parents or elderly relatives. Um, on average, women work about 13 years less than men do. So unfortunately, that gets reflected in the pay scale often in the market, doesn't it? Well, it has. Hopefully, at some point, that will be equalized. Well, in general, I just read an interesting fact that women make about 81 cents on the dollar for every dollar earned by a man. So women are paid less. And what happens if, if they're in a marriage and the, and the marriage breaks up, there's a divorce? Um, at that point in time, women, again, tend to be the main custodial parent for children. Not always, but for the most part. So that's harder for them. They have child care duties, and um, they don't get to work as much. But the other interesting thing that happens in our society is that women tend to live longer than men, seven or eight years on average longer than a man does. And that means if they have retirement savings equal to a man, they're going to spend more of that down. So financial planning and estate planning are very, very important issues for women, even you, more so than for, for men in many respects. You might as well tell your um, joke about why men die quicker than women. Oh, um, Brody, why do men die before women? Because they want to. Married men. Married men, excuse me. You missed the point. <laughs> you, always, you always like to remind me. Well, just remember what Margaret Thatcher once said. She says, it may be the cock that crows, but it's the hen that lays the eggs. <laughs> what a character she, she was. She was a character and a very outspoken woman. She also said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. <laughs> I like Margaret Thatcher. She was good. Prime Minister of England. Um, she ran her country. Was she the first female prime minister in England? I think she might I have been. I think she might have been, yes, yeah, because was, it was about Reagan's time when, yep. and that was, what, 70s. So, yep, probably. And she was known as the Iron Lady. The Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden. See, I get it wrong <laughs> again. Tenny is an English history uh, student. She loves and knows everything about English history. Well, history in general, but especially English history. So um, I wonder how many women listening today have a good sense or knowledge about what the overall assets are in the household. Do you know how much money your spouse has in a 401k account? Or who handles the finances? Do you discuss finances together, or does one person tend to do it? 
Do you know who the beneficiaries are on your IRA accounts and on your life insurance policies? You know, that's, that's, that's a mistake we see all the time. A it, lot of people make that mistake, don't they? It's very interesting to me that many people come in and we talk about who the beneficiaries are and they say, gee, I, I'm pretty sure it's my wife, but I don't know if there's anybody else on that schedule. So that's something we always do is to review that. Well, I've got lots of great stories that I won't go into right now. We've talked about them in the past, but the who you designate on your beneficiary of your retirement account, your IRA, is what controls, not what you tell somebody else that what your spouse really intended, not the fact that you got married after the fact. It doesn't give you any special rights. Whoever is named on the beneficiary form is what controls so you, you need to check that periodically. That's something we can help you do. We can help you. doesn't matter where your account is. We can help you get change your beneficiary forms. And most importantly, if you can't find your beneficiary forms and you're not sure, you're not likely to get that information on a telephone call or even online these days. There's just real difficulty in getting that. Simple solution, very simple solution. Get in touch with a company where you have your retirement account, your IRA, your 401k, and get a new change of beneficiary form and just fill it out all over again. doesn't matter. It'll supersede the one that you filed previously. Make sure you keep a copy this time and just send it in all over again. Now you can be sure. But we see lots and lots of mistakes people make with that, so definitely check out your IRAs or we'll help you do it. Charlotte Winton once said, whatever women do, they must do twice as well as a man to be thought half as good. Luckily, this is not difficult. <laughs> Today we're celebrating women, ladies and gentlemen. We're specifically celebrating women now having reached the anniversary of 100 years of having the right to vote. Lois Frankel once said, the right to religious freedom and the right to vote are both fundamental to our democracy. So the date is August 26th? Is that the important That was the date? date that was actually certified. So August 26th, raise a glass of wine, celebrate, call all your female friends and say congratulations. We've now been able to vote for 100 years. And have your man make supper. Or whoever you're married to. <laughs> or whoever you're with. There's a country song about that, you know. If you I'm can't sure be with the know. one, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one that you're with. <laughs> Did you ever hear that country song? Ray loves country music. I love country music. I despise it. Tenny always makes fun of it. <laughs> but fortunately, I didn't <laughs> sing that song today, Tenny. So here's an interesting fact for people to think about. 80% of women are more likely than men to be impoverished at age 65 and up, while 75 to 79-year-old women are likely to be three times more impoverished than a man. So you've got to save money. You've got to put money in retirement accounts. Um, we can review where you stand. We can help you do those things. That's what we do. And... Um, can I give you one more quote, Tenny, from Margaret Thatcher? Sure. She said, any woman who understands the problem of running a home will be nearer to understanding the problems of running a country. <laughs> right. I've heard that before. That might be a good <laughs> quote for uh, Senator Harris. Right? Right. So I've got lots of quotes. I'm not going to do this whole show about quotations. But um, I do want to say that um, we see a lot of people – including women who make wrong decisions about when to select Social Security, when to start collecting. And women, on average, are going to make less money in Social Security because they've paid in fewer dollars into the Social Security program. And because women live longer than men, um, they often will end up as well with part-time jobs and maybe don't put as much money into the Social Security uh, program. But Social Security is an important program. It does keep about half of women out of total poverty, but it's not usually just enough money to take care of all their needs. So you have to think about what else could you be doing to support yourself and make things um, 
better for you financially. Well, before we uh, leave Social Security, you might want to remind people that uh, the Social Security system is set up so the longer you wait to take your money, the more money you're going to get over your lifetime, over the remainder of your lifetime. So, Ray, you do that kind of uh, screening and and, uh, talking with people about Social Security? Yeah, and there are lots of little things you can do to save money, not only for Social Security. For one thing, a lot of people think they're being really smart, and if they're doing a job under the table, a part-time job, and they're getting paid in cash, um, they're not reporting the income, but neither are you putting money into Social Security when you're doing that. And that's going to come back to really um, harm you very much in the future. So right. report your earnings. You want to... You Pay as much into the Social Security system as you can. Um, for a married couple, we like to do an analysis to talk about what's the best time to take Social Security and can you qualify for benefits off each other's Social Security. But the other thing you can do is you can put more money into retirement plans. So let's say you're working. Um, you have an automatic deduction from your paycheck every week that's going to go into a 401k or a retirement program, um, think about increasing it a little bit. Put an extra $5 a week. Put an extra 10 or $15 a week. The longer you can put in, the more you can afford to pay in. Um, you're going to be very grateful later that you did that. And uh, paying down debts is another way to uh, think about improving your overall lifestyle. If you know that you're going to retire, try to retire debt-free if you can, if at all possible. Plan your automobile so that you're not making car payments by the time you retire, but yet you have a car that's still going to last you for a while. Do such things as making sure that your credit card debts are paid down. There are catch-up things you can do. We can, we can go through all that and say, here's some very concrete things that you can do to... Uh, Make yourself better off financially. So, Tenny, as we're talking about um, estate planning and you talk about nursing home protection, I know a lot of people are concerned not only about protecting assets from nursing homes, and it's, it's worthy of a whole hour on the radio, so we won't talk about a lot of that today, but there's always something you can do to protect assets. And it can be as simple as a life insurance policy. So here's something to think about. And I've had clients actually do this over the years. If I ever have to go to a nursing home and they're going to be able to get at my savings accounts and my other assets, is there a way that I could do a life insurance policy that wouldn't be reachable? And the answer is yes. You can have a life insurance policy on your life, and then you don't become the owner of that. You have a child or somebody else own that policy. It's sort of a way to guarantee that there's going to be a legacy or something left uh, for the family. So um, our specialty at USA Wealth Group, and give us a call at 508-998-8858, we look for solutions on how you can retire better, retire sooner. Um, Maybe you've lost a job in the pandemic, and maybe you're not comfortable going back to work. Maybe the company is is not going to hire as many people back to work. And maybe you're thinking gosh, I should retire perhaps right now. Well, if you're in that kind of a situation, we'll be happy to sit down with you and review what do you have for assets? When can you activate Social Security? Should you work part-time? You know, maybe you want to do something working from home. There are a lot of other options than just going back to work, or maybe you don't have that option. But, uh, Tenny, we complement each other very much in what we do in terms of you, you work on the asset protection side with wills and trusts and avoiding probate, avoiding nursing home costs and expenses. And then what we do at USA Wealth Group is we like to focus on the retirement side, the financial side. Yes, I often think about the fact that you are a very creative person. And what you do with your um, part of our jobs here is you um, – help people to be creative about their retirement planning. And I'm a very practical, down-to-earth kind of person. And what I do, 
I feel like is I help to implement that with the legal documents that are needed and useful in that kind of approach. So we complement each other in that way. Yes, and then uh, Peter also does, Peter Lance also works with the Lance Family Insurance Agency, and every single week we're getting uh, email testimonials and compliments on how great a job they do in not only saving people money, but going through every little piece of their car insurance or their homeowner's insurance policies to make sure they have the right kind of coverage. When is the last time somebody sat down with you or talked to you on the telephone and went through line by line and explained your policy to you? Do you have any idea what you have for coverages? If you work with Lance Family Insurance Agency, you do. Cheryl is outstanding at um, doing those things. So give us a call uh, anytime. Susie Orman once said, if you're financially responsible, your children have a much better chance to grow up financially responsible. And if you do planning, you're going to be able to protect things so much better for people. Jenny, you know, one of my favorite people is Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, a woman is like a tea bag. You never know how strong she is until she gets in hot water. <laughs> I like Eleanor. Another great lady. I think she really ran the country. Well, but, she, she uh, herself was highly influential on all kinds of uh, topics, particularly civil rights, black rights, and so forth. You know, I, I like to say that I don't care what your financial position is. I don't care what your legal position is. There's always something that we can help you do here that will help you improve your position. Um, financially, retirement-wise, um, making some suggestions, how to leave a legacy to your children, how to leave more money to your children, how to protect assets. And um, Oprah Winfrey once said, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. So ask for some advice, ask for some guidance. That's what we're here to help with. So Tenny, um, as we close out today, we want to say a quotation from Judy Gold, women risk their lives for the right to vote. When I hear people say, oh, I'm not going to vote, I just want to tear their heart out. And then the last quotation from today is a lady who did run for president, Amy Klobuchar. The continued vitality of our Constitution and the survival of each freedom it protects depend upon the right to vote and the vibrant democracy it affords us. In short, the right to vote underlies each of our other rights. Ladies and gentlemen, vote Get out to vote. Celebrate August Celebrate the 100th anniversary of the women's right to vote in this country and be proud that you have that right. And thank you so much for listening.